social media, it is what you want it to be. It's as positive as you want it to be. It's as negative as you want it to be. It's as dark as you want it to be. It's as light as you want it to be. Like social media, it is what you want it to be. All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, we are on episode, Dave, help me out here, 11, 12, maybe, episode 11, and I want to switch things up a little bit, and I want to do an episode where I kind of personally reflect about more of my personal journey, uh, because I feel like uh, I'm at a point where I, I'm I'm getting more comfortable about being vulnerable and being like more open and honest and transparent about my like personal life. And this is an opportunity to do so. But I think a lot more people could relate to other people that have struggled or are currently struggling. And I think that right now, as I'm just like reflecting and thinking back on the premise of this episode, I think that it's getting more common. It's getting more and more common for people to be, looking and watching and observing and judging and coming up their perceptions based on how other people portray themselves on social media and then social media and the reality of situations is like very, very often different. So like, for example, if you might see someone that just posts nonstop happy things, positive things, how happy they are on their social media, and then you see them in real life, you say, hey, I saw you've been doing this and you've been doing that. You look great. You look happy. And they're like, no, nah, I'm actually struggling. I think that's getting more common now is to talk to people that are only portraying one side, which is the positive. But really, the reality situation is that everything isn't always positive. And so I feel like more people could relate to people that struggle. So what I want to do is grab my new Jordans. And a juice box, high C. These Kool-Aid jammers absolutely slap. And I'm going on juice box phase. And pretty much kind of take a step back and reflect on where I'm at and where I'm going. And I really appreciate you guys watching or and or listening. So my life started, um, I don't even know how to like really peel it back, but like growing up, I would say closer to the middle middle slash lower class. I think my upbringing was important because I was taught at a young age to value family and I was taught how to love and I was taught, you know, to be like what it felt like to be loved. And I think that was very, it was extremely valuable. But hear me out on this. When I grew up, my parents are very, very opposite. From the, from the perspective of they show their love language is different. So my parents, God bless them. They're most incredible, beautiful souls in this world. My parents have been married for a, almost 50 years. Like I think their 50th wedding anniversary is. My parents have been married 47, 48 years. Yeah. And their love languages are completely opposite. So my mom is real big on physical touch and words of affirmation and acts of kindness. And I don't really know what my dad's love languages are, but my mom was very vocal and very affectionate as, as kids to us as kids. And my dad was the exact opposite. So 
as I reflect on my childhood now, I realize that there's a void that I've had since I was a kid because my dad always loved, he, my dad is very loving and he's very, he's the most selfless human being ever. However, because my dad would not physically show me his love through affection, through giving me a hug or, you know, a kiss or words of affirmation, tell me how proud he is of me. I grew up to realize that that was a personal struggle of mine. So my dad always loves me, always loved me, and he does love me. He just doesn't have it in him to say it and to show it necessarily. And that's a struggle because I feel like that's one of the insecurities that I've developed being older of not feeling enough or not feeling worthy of certain things. And it's, I feel guilty saying it, but I've definitely grown up with like a void and some type of insecurity because of that type of like dynamic with my parents. And if you look at, I'm one of four kids. So if you look at myself, my siblings, we all, it's crazy. Like when you grow up in a household of, with other kids, how your siblings, you could be so opposite of a sibling. And it's like, we grew up in the same house with the same parents with the same value, but it's like, how are we so different? So it's interesting to see as you get older, how I'm very similar and very different from my siblings. But and I, I think learning love languages as I've gotten older is extremely, extremely important as you go into relationships and dating because I've seen it where you are dating someone that has completely polar opposite love languages as you. This has happened to me personally. And all I've done is just resent the person the whole time. But really, like, it, they just don't have it in them to acknowledge your love language. I think that's a big thing to identify. But this whole thing doesn't mean about relationships. I'm, I'm just kind of speaking my mind. But back to the struggle. Um, when I moved to Dallas, Texas, I went through a rough patch financially because I got really, really poor. <laughs> and I take pride in it. And I think that not enough people take pride in the downtimes and the the bad times, and they, you know, don't show that. And social media, I'm gonna rev- I'm gonna re- kind of revert back to social media a lot in this episode because this is a lot of what the episode has to do with is like what people decide to show. It's tough because if if I was only show the struggles that I go through, that might not be so positive or uplifting uplifting for people to watch. And if I only show positive and uplifting things for people to watch on social media, then people could be like, well, he's a phony. He's not showing everything. So social media, it is what you want it to be. It's as positive as you want it to be. It's as negative as you want it to be. It's as dark as you want it to be. It's as light as you want it to be. Like social media, it is what you want it to be. And the algorithms, they listen to you. They watch you. They analyze you. And there's a reason why... If I talk about taking my girlfriend on vacation to the beach, I'm going to pick up my phone and it's nothing but beach vacations. So like, I know I'm, this is like Captain Obvious. You guys know all this, but they're watching and listening to everything that we're saying and doing. So they're going to feed you everything that you want to see and everything that you want to do and everything that you want to hear. I'm at a point now in life where I'm being more critical. I feel like of other people on social media because all they do is post positive stuff. But then I kind of looked at myself and say, well, that's kind of me too. So I guess I want to take an opportunity to talk more about my struggle because maybe that'll relate to more people. Um, 
I just got into reading a couple of years ago and reading has been a very influential part of my life and a few books that I've read that have made a massive impact to me in my life. One is called uh, Can't Hurt Me from David Goggins. One is called Mind of a Millionaire. Another one is Relentless by Tim Grover. And I want to talk about Mind of a Millionaire for a minute. Mind of a Millionaire talks about the psychological aspect of becoming a millionaire. And one of the things it talks about in the book that stuck with me personally is that it gave it the example that if your great grandpa grew up poor and your grandpa grew up poor and your dad grew up poor and all your uncles are poor and your brother's poor, the what makes you think that you're so special to be rich. Or if your great grandpa was out of shape and your grandpa was out of shape and your dad was out of shape, all your uncles are out of shape, your brother's out of shape. What makes you think that you're worthy of being in shape? And so a lot of people go through life thinking because no one in their family bloodline was whatever, financially free, wealthy, uh, fit, healthy, in good shape, entrepreneurial, a good father, a good role model. Like People struggle with thinking that they are worthy of having that. And I have made absolute, like, massive amounts of progress in a lot of aspects in my life. But one thing that I personally struggle with is definitely not feeling like I'm worthy. And so it's really fucked up when you think about it because I have a consistent work pattern. I consider myself very disciplined in like certain aspects of my life. And it's just crazy to me how in some aspects of my life, I feel like I'm so worthy and other aspects of my life. I don't feel like I'm worthy at all. And so maybe some of you guys go through that too, but that's something that I've personally been struggling with as well. So I'll give you an example. Let's say, let's say I wanted to lose 30 pounds. Let me use this example. Let's say I wanted to lose 30 pounds and I started on an exercise work program. I started a, a new diet and I'm one month in and I've lost five pounds. I keep at it and I keep at it and I keep at it. Month two, I lost another five pounds. I'm down 10 pounds. I'll get to a point where I'm down 26 pounds and I will literally self-sabotage all my success. And right when I get to that goal of reaching 30 pounds, I will binge eat pizza, ice cream, cupcakes, and fast food to now I would have put on 12 pounds. So now I was right there about to hit my goal, my target. But then I get right there. I'm around third base. I'm headed home. I'm inches away. And I'm just like, nah, never mind. I don't think I'm worth it. I don't think I'm worthy of having that. And it's a really, really sad, fucked up way to think. But I feel like a lot of people do that. So... Me personally, I have found myself sabotaging a lot of success or a lot of happiness I could have, and I don't know why. So what I've done recently is I started back on therapy. And it's funny because therapy is something that like we're going through like a very big shift in like our society. Dating apps 15 years ago 
Like no, nobody would admit that they're on a dating app. Now it's like everyone's on them, right? That's like, you're not judged if you're on a dating app right now. 10, 15 years ago, you'd be like a weird, creepy person. Um, therapy, same thing. Like if you admitted that you were in therapy, I feel like 15, 20 years ago, people would be like, you are absolute mental. You probably belong in like a psych ward. And now it's like highly recommended, like speak with, speak with a counselor, therapist. Like it does nothing but help you. So I'm just being open because I've, I'm an advocate of therapy. However, I do think it's just like anything else. You get out of it what you put into it. And the one thing I've learned is that you lying to, if you decide to take that leap and go to therapy, I think that's amazing. But you lying to the therapist is a complete utter waste of time and money. It's like, it's kind of equivalent to me to like paying for your college tuition and you just don't go to class. Or are you paying for your own college tuition and you show up and you just sleep? It's like you're literally defeating the purpose and you're throwing money down the drain. So with therapists, be a f- 150% open and honest so you get good feedback. Because if you lie to your therapist, it's a complete waste. But back on therapy, not that I'm like going off the deep end in my personal life, but I'm, I just think it's good to be proactive instead of reactive with most things in life. Um. And so right now we're trying to pinpoint and identify like why I go through places where I sabotage like my success. And I just want to tell everyone out there that if any of that makes sense to you, uh, you're not alone because I do it all the time. And I don't know if it helps to shoot me a DM on social media of things that I do to help personally cope with that. Reach out to me and I'll, I'll tell you what I do. But affirmations are the biggest thing. I've noticed that in the morning, when I start off my morning routine, I have to be very, very disciplined. And the first two hours of my day, if I don't start off the day like jumping out of bed like a rocket and being very structured of the time I leave the house to the time I get to the chiropractor to the time I get to the gym for my first workout to the time I you know get out of the gym to start my work day, if I don't stick to that, and do my affirmations, my whole day will be completely like almost backwards. So I have a morning routine that has personally worked very well for me. Um, I'll go to the gym, do some light cardio stretching. I read a book that's influential to me in the sauna. So I'm kind of killing two birds at one stone. And then just shower up and start my work day. I'm usually out of the gym by 8.39 a.m. And I'm ready to kind of like kickstart the day in a really positive direction. However, I've noticed that if I don't do my affirmations where I tell myself I'm good enough, where I tell myself I'm worthy enough, where I tell myself I'm valuable enough and it's okay for me to be great, then I notice that my day isn't as well. So this is all like trial and error that I'm kind of learning as I go. Um, another big thing too is uh, suicide Um, I don't think about suicide really that often. I would say like, I don't know, every two, three years. But my thought isn't like a deep, dark, detail-oriented thought. It's just like the thought of like, what would it be like if I wasn't here? What would it be like? How would other people react if I wasn't here? So I don't go into like the 
the detail of the act at which I would do. I just go to like the aftermath of the act. Um, but one in 10 men think about suicide. Um, and it breaks down to like the age categories of men of how many times they think about it during what age. Um, one out of six men are sexually taken advantage of before the age of 18. Um, I was sexually taken advantage of when I was a 10 year old boy. Um, I've never, I've only told, I could probably count on one hand how many people I've told that to. And I'm telling that to a platform right now. Um, I don't really, I'm not in a place where I like want to go into the detail and go in depth of what happened. But I will say one in six men before the age of 18 have been sexually abused and they don't report it. And I'm one in six. I'm, I'm one of those guys. So if you are one of those guys, then you're not a loser. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, just talk to somebody that could help you cope with those, cope with that time. Um, because I've noticed that just like anything else, like myself and I'm, and I'm sure other people like that don't talk about their problems that just let it build up. It's really eating away. It, it could really just eat away at you. So I'm just a big advocate of seeking therapy, seek, talk to a professional. If that's something if you're going through anything personally where you really need to just get things off your chest because like all that matters I feel like in life is being fulfilled and whatever you need to do to get to that point of fulfillment if you're not hurting others that's what you need to do and I feel like if you have feelings as a man or woman that you really really are struggling with it's really important to just talk to somebody about whether it's suicidal thoughts or sexual being sexually abused in the past. Um, but I just want to kind of share that with you guys and let you know that I am probably the most flawed human being you'll get to know, but I make up for it by trying to treat everybody with love and respect that I meet and come across. Um, I think that social media is tough nowadays because I'll look at influencers that I feel like are like super positive, uplifting, and then I'll meet them in person and then like they're really rude and disrespectful. And I'm like, you're kind of like a fraud. And then other men or women will enhance the way that they look on social media and I'll see them in person. I'll be like, you don't look anything like that. You're kind of a fraud. So social media, I continue to look at it as an opportunity to hopefully inspire people and also an opportunity to connect with people and build new relationships and network and build my business. But social media could be a happy place for you to go to or a really dark place for you to go to. And I try to look at the positive and everything, but I feel like society nowadays is really going through a really big shift in people with AI, with robots, got fucking aliens <laughs> that are like coming out of, on reports nonstop. So I basically think it's important to just be yourself. I'm trying to be myself as much as I can and realize that everyone 
that's showing the positive light isn't always talking about the grind and the process and the hard times. So I'll tell you that um, I started a roofing company 10 years ago with my best friend from high school, and we've generated, I don't know, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but we've generated north of 130 million in revenue. And I have thought about, I thought about quitting and giving up so many times. And I will say that the darker the night, the brighter the day. I will say that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. I will say that all you guys out there that are struggling with sticking to some type of plan, just don't quit because quitting is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Um, I, I'm not the most talented and like, I feel like what got me like catapulted into this business and us doing things in the right way is I feel like when we're kids, all we do is we just focus on the positive and we don't really care about the negative. Like if, and I feel like as adults, we tend to overanalyze things. And when we started the company and I thought about quitting or giving up, I, I just didn't dwell on it because I just kept focusing on what we had and what we had and what we had instead of focusing on what we don't have. And as a kid growing up, like I told you guys, I grew up more middle class, kind of closer to lower class, but I didn't even realize it until I was older because I just focused on what we had. What I had growing up was family that loved me, friends that loved me and cared about me, and I was always doing sports, so I was always super active. So I didn't have time to be, like, bored. I didn't have time to, like, overanalyze things. I was just always on the go. And as we get older... I feel like sometimes adults, we tend to overanalyze because we take all the information that's given to us and then we use it against us as opposed to using it for us. Um, you could start, build, and scale a seven to 10 figure company all by the use of a device held by your phone. You could also pick up that same device on your phone and get addicted to porn and do nothing all day but be depressed. So it's like, I keep going back to it like, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. If you look at your phone, you could look at it as an absolute distraction or you could look at it as something to enhance your business or your personal life by what you choose to look at. So, you know, I'm telling you guys things that I think about to help me get through hard times, but at the same time, I'm also opening up telling you struggles that I go through because I want to get to a point where, basically I'm at a point right now where I'm comfortable enough with sharing, you know, some of my insecurities because I want to relate to more people and I want people that I relate to, to know that you're not the only one. So I got to a point in life where I'm so confident I'm open and willing to talk about my insecurities, if that makes sense. Um, but I just want to tell everyone out there listening that first off, I appreciate you and Eric Thomas is a motivational speaker. He said something that stuck with me. He said, everybody in life is going through one of three things. They're either about to go through a storm, they're either going through the storm, or they just got done with the storm. They're at one of three, those three phases of their life. And if you're out there listening right now, you're probably in one of those three phases. So wherever you're at, just 
Always treat people with respect. It's always going to come back to you. And know that if you're in the storm, um, you're about to be out of it. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Don't ever stop believing in yourself. And you have to make sure you surround yourself with nothing but positivity. The music you listen to has a big impact on your mental state. The clothes that you wear, the people you surround yourself with, the way that you conduct yourself on a daily basis, who you follow on social media, um, everything you're doing is a reflection of yourself. Um, so just remember that. And I'll kind of end it like this. We went, to, we went on a triple date last night, me and Rosalie, and we went to Kenny's Italian, which is in Addison, which is here in Dallas. Uh, anybody looking for good Italian food, uh, don't go to Kenny's. I'll give it like a C plus. Um, great vibe, great atmosphere, not that great food. <laughs> I'm always going to keep it real. But there's a silver lining. First off, we had a great time at dinner, great conversation. Um, but Kenny's did something a little, little unique. On every napkin that they hand out to people to put your drink on, they have like a different quote. I've never seen that in a restaurant. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you open up the Snapple, there's like a different like fun fact or whatever. I've never seen a restaurant have like a motivational quote on a napkin. So I thought that was kind of unique. And when I pointed that out to everybody, we all went around the table and read what our napkin said. And they were all pretty good. But I was the last one to go. And I thought it was very unique timing that, I got what was on my napkin and it was so good that I took a picture of it. Um, but it was my, when it came around to me and it was my turn to read what was on my napkin. This what this is what it said. And the fact that I'm doing this episode 24 hours after, um, I thought it was pretty cool. So my napkin said, here's to the crazy ones. The misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They are not fond of rules, and they have no respect of the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing that you can't do is ignore them because they change things, they push the human race forward, and while some may, seem, and while some may see them as being the crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Thank you for listening. Love y'all. If you vibe, don't hit your people who ride with you. Get it loud.